listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about a little bit of a different type of Pinterest account, and that's a B2B account. How do B2Bs use Pinterest? And if you don't know what a B2B is, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And I'm bringing on Azure Collier of Constant Contacts, and this is an email provider company, and she is a social media marketing manager for this company, and she's done such an amazing work on Pinterest that I really want to hear about how she's done that. So welcome to the show, Azure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. So first, I'm I'm so curious about Constant Contact and... Um, the work that you do for them. So can you first talk a little bit about the vision and the focus of Constant Contact and then your role in all of that? Great. So Constant Contact is an email marketing service provider. We work with a ton of small businesses and nonprofits. So these could be a small business of one person, uh, a small business of a couple hundred people, um, tons of nonprofits of all kinds. And they use our email marketing to send out newsletters or special offers or updates on what's going on with their business or nonprofit. Okay. Got it. And when did you guys start? Uh, we started in 1995, and our original name was not Constant Contact. It was founded as Roving Software, and it was set up in a cramped little attic in Brookline, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. Okay, wow. So you guys have been doing this for quite a while. Okay. Yeah, and we started as a small business, so we definitely come from the small business roots. Awesome. So when did you guys get started on Pinterest and recognize that it could be valuable for Constant Contact? We started our Pinterest account in 2012 just to see how we could use it to promote Constant Contact. And over time, it's going to be a great traffic driver to our blog. And actually, Pinterest and Facebook are our top social drivers to our blog content, and they keep fighting it out for the number one spot. So every month, it's either Pinterest or Facebook driving a ton of traffic to our blog from social. Interesting. Do you find that the type of content is totally different like Pinterest users are coming for a certain type and Facebook users are coming for a certain type? A lot of it is very similar. Uh, I just think the Facebook audience is larger than the Pinterest audience. Um, we have 66,000 followers on Pinterest. And on mm -hmm. Facebook, we have, I think it was 133 the last time I checked, but I want to give you an wow. accurate number. <laughs> no, no worries. We can, some people can head over there and check that out too, because it sounds like it's pretty active, which is great. So one of the things that um, people are asking, as I brought up in the beginning, is what is a B2B for those that don't know? Well, B2B, and first of all, it stands for business to business, in case people are, aren't sure of that acronym. So a business to business is a business that sells products or services to other business businesses. Okay. So that's what Constant Contact is. We sell email marketing services to other businesses. Okay. And a lot of people are thinking, well, that doesn't seem like a place where Pinterest would fit into that because a lot of people think Pinterest is just for retailers or food or lifestyle bloggers. But you guys have had a lot of success over there. So I'd love for you to give me maybe, you know, you started in that 2012. Um, what was your idea behind starting? Um, like, what was your vision, I guess? Did you think, oh, we're just going to 
pin a little bit, create some boards. How did the whole process kind of unfold over the last four years? Well, you're definitely right about that. It was, let's try pinning a little bit, see what works, put a couple of boards out there. Uh, what we're really doing with Pinterest is using it to bookmark useful resources for our audience. And it really bumps up the searchability of our content through Pinterest and SEO. So a lot of people don't put this together, but Google indexes pins. So your content could come up in a regular search engine search and lead people back to your Pinterest board. So a pin that you pin of your content could come up in a search and people can click through and then head right over to your website. So this content has a life beyond Pinterest. Um, Mm -hmm. And Pinterest's own search engine is great for your content to get found too. I mean, lots of people are looking in Pinterest for content like infographics or they're looking for tips and it's slowly become a place where people are looking for useful information because that's what people are sharing there. Uh, you know, not just in the typical areas of Pinterest with style and food and clothing and home, but those bookmarks, those helpful resources for businesses, a lot of those are there and people are, are turning to to Pinterest to find it. And I think the visual nature of the search is really helpful too. You know, if you go to Google and you got a text search, it's all text, you know, you're scanning and reading all this stuff going, which one do I click on? Uh, With Pinterest, it might be evident right away when you do that search and you see these visuals come up and, you know, maybe you see our logo on a blog post um, image and you think, oh, okay, I know their blog. I read their stuff. I'm going to click on that pin and read that first. Mm Mm-hmm. And visuals, that's a good, you know, 2012 to 2016, we've seen a lot of changes in how people pursue visuals on Pinterest. Have you guys kind of followed that as well, maybe using the small squares and now into the verticals? Yeah, uh, we, I, I modify the blog images every day. So I do upload a different image to Pinterest. Uh, I create a, a longer pin. So we've got, you know, the regular blog post image, and sometimes people pin that, but I do have the longer pin that people will see on our boards um, when we add our our usual content. But there's also things like when we create guides, um, that naturally is a a great way to pin something visually because a guide, you know, is just set up like a a page would, like you would print it out. So those are longer, um, and those can be seen real easily and repinned. So yeah, we're always playing with our images. Uh, I always make sure to include images in my blog posts. We try to include images as much as we can, screenshots and things like that. So you can't really help what people are going to pin, um, mm-hmm. but it's you know good to have lots of different images for them to choose from. They might not want to pin the blog post title. Um, something else might be more helpful to them. So it's good to have plenty of images out there for people to pin. And you said something earlier about, you know, Google indexing pins and having really good uh, descriptions for those and really hitting on what people are searching. Have you also taken that theory there or that process behind, I guess, not really SEO, but keywording the pins and done that on boards as well? Have you been strategic about the types of boards that you've created for your audience? Absolutely. I work really closely with our blog editor who is constantly looking at SEO traffic. What's what are what's bringing people to our blog? So we're always in touch about the search terms and the keywords and what people are looking for. And I periodically take a look at the boards and the titles and the types of pins we're pinning there to make sure that we're using consistent keywords that match up with what people search. I've retitled 
lots of Pinterest boards just based on searchability. Well, and in 2012, there wasn't really that focus on titling your boards appropriately for search. It was something that was kind of up and coming, but people, you still had those boards for recipes with, that were like, yum, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we all started out with these very basic titles. So I can appreciate that you've gone back and retitled a lot of them over time based on what you're seeing. And I'm also thinking visual search too with this um, Google visual search. So Mm -hmm. I I pin a lot of uh, templates that we have that we've included images of in our blog posts or on different pages on our website. And so I really want when somebody looks for email marketing template or constant contact email marketing template in Pinterest or they do an image search in Google, trying to get as many of those images out there and scanned and indexed so that our email templates are going to come up in a visual search. That is a really great tip to to think through. And I don't think a lot of people think about doing that. So I appreciate that. Um, one of the things I'd love to hear about is an example of a successful pin and some of the benefits that you saw for Constant Contact. Well, we found our infographics and slide shares have been really huge for us on Pinterest. We've got a social media image size guide. We do one every year, the last couple of years, and it's consistently our top created content pin. So it's our, our top pin that uh, our top content that we've created that people seem to be penning over and over again. Uh, from our blog post, it's been shared more than 6,000 times on Pinterest. And I just wow. keep seeing it all over the place beyond Pinterest on Twitter and Facebook. Everybody keeps sharing this. Um, social media is one of our top blog topics. So that's something we make sure that we have a lot of information about email marketing, but people are using email and social together. So we want to make sure that the content is satisfying the kinds of resources people need. So having useful things like a social media image size guide uh, is, is really helpful to marketers because they're using all these tools together. Another project that did really well was a nonprofit slide share that had 35 tips for end of year fundraising. And from our blog post that embedded the slide share, that's gotten shared 21,000 times on wow. Pinterest. Yeah. That's crazy. It's amazing. That it, it's one of those surprises. I, you know, I try to look mm-hmm. at these big pieces of shareable content that we put out and what are the numbers socially that people are sharing them. And I was really surprised by this nonprofit tip guide on Pinterest. So that tells me there's a lot of people looking for nonprofit information on Pinterest, and we need to keep creating that kind of content they're looking for. Yeah, definitely. And I I was actually going to ask you about the slide share thing, because I think a lot of people are asking that question, like, what what are you referring to when you talk about slide share, and what's an effective way to put it on Pinterest? Because I've heard someone else talk about that as well, that, that if they have a slide share of something that they're doing, they've definitely pinned it. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you've got a slide share, make sure that you've got the individual slides with the individual tips or information and create a board out of those. And one thing we've done is we create a board with with each of those tips pinned and make sure you're tagging the expert in them. If they've got a Pinterest account, make sure you're saying, you know, this is a great tip by whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that partnership with those influencers and those people sharing information and they've got big audiences, this is a great way for you to get your content seen by their audiences. So if I tag a, a tip that I've pinned, if I tag the, the expert that gave me that tip, they're more likely to comment or share it or repin it 
and show it off to their audience. Absolutely. That's a great tip because I think a lot of people forget about that tagging and just, it, you know, are so focused on writing this SEO description that they kind of forget that part. So that's a good reminder. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces to this sometimes. Uh, you forget about, you know, you want to get it out there and get it shared, but you do need to be strategic about things like this, especially when you're working with other influencers or, or experts. Okay. So here's a question that um, I didn't I didn't send to you beforehand, but it just occurred to me just now, is do you guys use a scheduler and yes. or do you live pin? Okay. Uh, I use the Tailwind scheduler. I love Tailwind. Uh They've been really great to us. They've made a ton of improvements on the scheduler over the, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really great to help me plan uh, the pins that I'm putting out there. Uh, Their tools to show you the best times and days to pin have been really great. I've come up with a, a scheduling queue for our higher traffic times. And that's really helpful for me to get our content out there at the times I want. And I curate a lot as well. Uh, I curate lots of other marketing content, but I, of course, pin our own content. And I want our own content to really get out there and get seen. And, and I know timing isn't, you know, the ultimate factor in the Pinterest newsfeed anymore because of the algorithm, but timing is a factor and you want to play up as many factors as you can. So if making sure that, you know, our blog posts get pinned on the optimal times and days of the week, you know, and that's one more thing that might give us an edge to get seen, I'm going to take that advantage. Oh, absolutely. I fully agree with that. And I, I um, agree also with your sentiments about Tailwind. I think it has a lot of analytical information that's really helpful in you being able to see, you know, that high performing slide share pin and then the boards that are performing well. There's just a lot of good information that can give you keys to where the traffic flow is. And I think that's something that people miss. Absolutely. And I think, you know, beyond the uh, making sure that our content gets scheduled at the right time and day, what you said about the boards is really important too. So making sure you're always looking to see what boards are popular of yours and scheduling content that goes with those boards at the, the top times and days as well. Uh, for a while there, our Twitter board was one of our top three boards. And who knew that so many people yeah. would be looking for Twitter tips on <laughs> Pinterest, but they are. So I, I, you know, I make sure that I'm scheduling those tips that I find on Twitter at good times and days. And we found that a lot of people love our infographics board. Uh, I personally love infographics. So when I find good ones, I'm really happy to pin it there and store it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a board of quotes for small businesses. So that's a little bit of kind of a lifestyle thing that we're able to bring in as a B2B. I mean, everybody loves quotes. They're ubiquitous. Everybody uses mm-hmm. them. Uh, you can take a quote and, and slant it toward your purpose mm-hmm. if you want to. So we put in a lot of success quotes or business quotes or leadership quotes because mm-hmm. we know that our audiences of small businesses and nonprofits could definitely identify with that kind of content. That's really interesting and something that I have, I've kind of moved away from a little bit for my Pinterest marketing, but actually as you're talking about it, that might be a really good thing for me to test out and pursue for people who are looking into Pinterest marketing, and I do much more than just Pinterest marketing, you know, kind of branch beyond that kind of like you guys just don't talk about email marketing, but other things as well, a lot of social, but I think that's a really good reminder not to discredit things that you wouldn't think people would be searching for or pinning like Twitter. I mean, there's kind of Twitter is kind of the forgotten social media platform sometimes. So you're thinking, why would people on Pinterest be searching for that? 
But because you saw that, that shows that it's relevant and that people are actually looking for tips to try to figure it out. Yeah, that's why it's so important to keep track of those analytics. I mean, whether you're using a paid service like Tailwind or you're using the analytics that Pinterest builds in, it's going to reveal some things that you might not are you might not be able to see with your own eyes. You really got to get in there and check your numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a this is an interesting study done by Social Media Examiner of marketers. Um, from what I remember, they said the use of Pinterest fell by like 5%. And so a lot of people came away with that thinking, you know, it might not be a relevant platform for marketers. And what do you think about that? What do you think about the reasoning behind that? Like, why would some, why are B2Bs kind of ignoring Pinterest or moving away from it? I think one of the problems with Pinterest is it's long term and you really need to stick with it and have the patience to see it pay off. Uh, I saw a study by Picora that said that 30% of Pinterest clicks happen a month or more after pinning. So Mm. you need to know your audience, pin what they like, and give it time to take off. Uh, Think about the searchability. You know, what you're pinning now, you're, you're able to have floating out there, you know, on Pinterest search, on Google search, as content that's linked to your business. So you, you got to give it some time to get in the system, get searched, get clicked on, get found, and then it's going to work for you. So I think that's the problem with, with Pinterest. With other networks, you're putting things out there. Uh, you put a post on Facebook today, people either see it or they don't in, in the next, you know, 24, 48 hours. And then you got to put something else up. With, with Pinterest, it's not just gone. People might find it a month or two out after you've pinned it. So they, you don't get as immediate results as you would with other networks. And do you think a lot of the, the issues are kind of just being patient with it? You know, just feeling like it's kind of more because of that delay, there's a lot of work that has to be put into it and people are just overall just impatient. Yeah, I think impatience has a role with it. Uh, I also think people just might not know what to pin. I've been on tons mm. of different boards, all kinds of businesses. And you know, some businesses don't have a lot of boards. They just get it up to have a presence, but then they don't have a consistent presence. So it does take a little bit of time out of your day to, to think about things to pin. And, uh, you know, I, I just think the content that people pin, that they, they might just have a, an issue with that. They're not sure what to put out there. And honestly, you can pin a lot of the things that you share on other social networks. I mean, I start my day by scheduling social content, and I do a ton of curation. And a lot of the stuff that we tweet on Twitter, you'll see in our, on our Pinterest boards because it mm-hmm. definitely applies to both audiences. So mm-hmm. you can make it really easy on yourself. If you're scheduling posts anyway, think about if those posts could fit on your Pinterest boards and, and you can just repurpose that content. And what I've noticed too, I'm wondering how you handle this, is that um, some B2Bs or other uh, social marketing websites don't have a Pinterest-friendly image. So even if they don't have one, are you still pinning their content? No, I'm not. If they don't have an image, I don't pin it. Um, back in the early days when I was when I just started with Pinterest, I would go into Canva and make a quick pin with a blog post title just to pin it up. But mm-hmm. I've got so much content I have to schedule during the day that if there's no pin, I just don't have time. Or if there's no image, I don't have time. I'm, I'm not going to pin it. 
Right. So that's a call, a call to action right there. Create a Pinterest image for your posts. And even if you don't want to have it in your post, you can use a plugin like Social Warfare and it will be hidden in your post. Whereas when people hit Pinterest, it's still pulling up the right image. So that's kind of a, um, a call to action for those B2Bs out there listening who don't have a Pinterest image. You don't have to put it in your post. You just have to have it somewhere so that people like us can pin it because it's awesome. It makes me um, sad when I find a great blog post and I think, oh, I really want to share this, yes. but there's no image. And it's, it actually goes beyond Pinterest. We tweet mm-hmm. everything with an image to get noticed in the Twitter feed. So oh, yeah. even, even think beyond Pinterest. If you don't think people are pinning your content, think about the people who are sharing it on Twitter or other places. All social content seems to be visual. It's what's getting people's attention. Yeah, I even think I've noticed that just with, even with bloggers or, um, you know, non B2Bs is that when you get rushed in a post or you're just trying to get something up, you can kind of forget to add an image and think, oh, it's not a big deal. But I've heard over and over again about people who take, you know, those five minutes to create a post and that post ends up going viral. So, I mean, you just never know where the action's going to happen on any one of your posts and ha- not having an image you really miss out on that extra traffic and that extra boost for your content. So take the extra couple of minutes. You use Canva. I know that I use Canva as well. And there's PicMonkey and there's other programs out there that make it really, really easy to create an image. Super and, easy. And uh, Tailwind has an integration with Canva too. So you don't even have to leave Tailwind. You can create the image right in there. Yes. Great reminder. I keep forgetting to, I need to test that out. That's good. <laughs> I, I don't do any of my images here at Simple Pin, so I never really have a reason to do it, but it would be fun to test it out and see how it integrates well. That's a good tip. So for those who are just starting out thinking about Pinterest, um, maybe the words that you've said here, they're ready to take a plunge and really start pursuing Pinterest. What advice would you give them on taking that first step? The first thing you want to do is to find out what your audience is pinning from your website. So you may not put this together, but you don't have to be on Pinterest for people to be sharing your content. They're doing it anyway. They might be pinning content from your website anyway. So if you've got a blog that has great visuals or you've got a website with tons of images, those are future pins that people could be pitting and creating. So what you want to do is go to pinterest.com slash source slash your website. So I would go to pinterest.com slash source slash constantcontact.com. And what you'll what'll happen there is Pinterest will show you all of the content created from that website. So if you go there and you see that there are pins that have already been created with content from your website, you know your audience is on Pinterest and they like what you've got out there and they're already creating that content. They're already pinning things from you. So this is a great opportunity for you. Think about... The, the trends that you're seeing there, you know, what are the pins that people are creating already? And this can help you figure out what kinds of boards you might want to start with. And it'll show you what content you should be writing or creating for your website. You know, keep doing the things that people think are pin worthy. Yeah, it's like a free editorial calendar, right? Like a lot of people forget to look at Pinterest to see what are people already coming to your site for? That's a, such a great tip because if you're lost and you're like, I don't know what to create. Go to Pinterest. That's what people It really enjoy. is. 
Mm-hmm. And it can help you figure out what kind of images might work best. If, if you've got a blog post and you're like, yeah, people are really going to pin this image and they end up pinning something else from that blog post, then think about offering the, the visuals that get pinned more. Um, it might not be the visual that you think is getting shared. Yeah, that's a that's a great tip, too, because I, I think as creators, we have this idea and we're kind of married to a certain look, but then our users, it resonates totally different with them. And we have to really default to that because that's what they keep clicking on and sharing and it keeps getting results. For example, your slide share, you know, who knew that that would have taken off, whether it's because of the image or because of the topic. You know, you have to evaluate both of those factors. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a bit frustrating when you're looking at the images and you go, oh, this blog post was about an infographic. Why are you not pinning the infographic? (laughs) Why are you pinning the tiny little image instead? But, you know, people are going to pin what they're going to pin. So you you can't really do anything about that. And to remember, too, that Pinterest is used on so many platforms. I mean, you have the iPhone, the iPad, desktop, Android, Android tablets. I mean, it's all across the board. And so your the pin it button or the way you pin on those type of devices could pull something different every single time. I've noticed that even when I'm pinning on my phone versus when I'm pinning on um, my desktop, it is really... Um, can be a little bit crazy and confusing when you look at those images and see what people are pinning. That's a great point with mobile. Always important to go out there and take a look at your own content, your own boards on the app to see how it looks there. You might get a different result than you're getting when you're looking at everything on your desktop for sure. Right, which I think is kind of a common trap of those of us who are in the B2B market because we spend so much time on our desktop that we forget that we're really only the 20%. And we're not, not the majority of people are using um, the desktop. They're using a tablet or they're using a phone. And some of your other B2B clients might also be using the desktop. That's completely plausible because they are online just as much as you are online in your office. But remembering to see how people interact on mobile can open up just such a different world. I know for me, even spending time just pinning to pin for fun, I'm always surprised at what I find on mobile or the little, the way things work even. It's really interesting. So yes, don't, don't forget about mobile just because we're sitting in front of the computer all the time. Um, do you have any last minute tips for the newbies or the seasoned users? Anybody really wanting to continue to boost their performance on Pinterest? I definitely have a couple of tips. And let's go to mobile since we just talked about it. Really important to make sure that your images are seen correctly on mobile. If you've got a big infographic and it's long, the whole thing's not, you know, might not fit on mobile. So make sure you've got the important information towards the top of the infographic so people will see that right away. Um, make sure that you check and see, you know, are people using mobile to, to pin my content? You can find that out through Pinterest Analytics. And if they are, if you do have a larger mobile audience than you thought, Check your website and make sure that the things that you're pinning or the things that are are there are are mobile friendly, that when people click on a pin and they go to your website, they can continue to use it on their mobile phone. So absolutely mobile, you've got to make sure that it's a part of your Pinterest process and your content process. Mm. The other tip, uh, I, I 
really want to remind people to make sure your pins are the right size. The bigger and longer your pins are, the more space they're going to take up in the feed. So we've got a bunch of visuals in the feed. You want to dominate it. Create large pins so your content will get noticed. Okay. And what's your preferred dimensions? I like the standard dimensions that come with Canva. I think those work really well for a blog post image. For the okay. infographic, it's just going to depend on how long the infographic is, how big I'm, I'm making it, how much information I have there. But okay. I think, yeah, I think the, the Canva standard image is a great size to go with. Okay. And then make sure that your blog and website are pinnable. Have those images that are the right size and make sure you're using your branding there. Um, put If you've got a blog and you have no screenshots or anything to go along with it, you're not sure what to pin, just create that pin with the blog title image in it and put your logo in it as well. Um, people are going to see the text in the pin before they look in the description. So if you've got something that, and sometimes people have a hard time you know, putting visuals with B2B content, just make that pin with that title. People are going to see that title and decide, hey, this might be a great resource for me and click on it. Uh, my last tip is rich pins. Absolutely find some rich pins, uh, find the code for the rich pins that work for your website. And we use article pins at Constant Contact for our blog. The great thing about rich pins is it pulls in the content in that pin. So it, it brings the title of the article in there. So if you've got somebody who's pinning something and they write some description that has nothing to do with your blog post or your title's going to come in there. Some of that content's going to come in there. And so a rich pin is branding your pin for you, no matter who is creating it. So that's great for you where you've got the information added and embedded in there uh, the way you want it because it's pulling it right from your website. Yeah, that's a really good tip. And if you ever see it not pulling the right content, there is a, um, it's a, it's called the rich pin validator, but it's kind of this URL debugger. And so you can put the URL into that and it will fix the data on there and it will make sure it reads right. I know some people have had trouble with theirs. So I'll leave the link in the show notes so everyone can have access to that for sure. That's a good, that's a great tip. tip. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, it makes, you know, we've had people come to us and say that all of a sudden um, they'll get this, it, the website, instead of being your website, it says, um, I think it's Selfish Cat or something like that. It's really weird, but it's the one that comes up on all of them. I actually don't even know if it's spelled right like Selfish Cat, but it will say this weird thing and then the title of the post doesn't make sense. But once you run it through that URL debugger, it actually grabs the right data and it will say the right rich pin description. So just know if you ever have trouble, that's where I go right away. And wow, I, again, it's crazy. I haven't seen that, but I'm going to keep my eyes open for those. In the yeah, feed. I've had a few clients come to me and they've said, why does this say selfish cat? And I'm like, I have no idea. And then I started seeing it pop up sometimes in my feed. And then a few people in my Facebook group mentioned it too. And I don't know if there's something within Pinterest that that's what they've put as their default. It's really, really weird. Because at first I thought maybe somebody, had, their account had been completely hijacked or something. But it's pretty consistent across the board. So, yeah, look for that if you ever have any troubles. It's super helpful. All right, Azure, it's been so great to talk to you. And I'm really excited to check out the Constant Contact Pinterest page and look at what you guys have done. Because, as I said in the beginning, everybody... 
has said that you have a great example of ways to create Pinterest boards for B2Bs. So great job on that. That's no small feat. I know it takes a lot of work and a lot of investigation. And so I'm glad that we just get to showcase your boards and your hard work has paid off. So thank you so much. Thank you. If you're a B2B and you've been ignoring Pinterest, ignore it no longer. Jump into the game, create a Pinterest page, and create at least 10 boards that you know will serve your customers well. For more inspiration, go to Constant Contact's Pinterest page and see what Azure has done over there. It is amazing the type of growth they've experienced and the ways they are curating great content for their audience. For all the information and show notes, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 24. As always, thanks so much for listening.